630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. The Maple Leafs on the power play and they need one trailing the Canadians 3-1 with just over 15 minutes left in the third period. Canadians trying to win and force game six Saturday in Montreal. The Leafs trying to win and end the series and move on to face the Jets in round two. Hurricanes and Predators will start up in about half an hour. Just one game scheduled tomorrow, game seven, Wild and Golden Knights. Minnesota has come back from a 3-1 deficit to force a seventh game there. Blue Jays, top of the sixth, trailing the Yankees 5-3. That's the second half of a twin bill, so they're just going to go seven innings. The Blue Jays won the first one this afternoon 2-0. And basketball playoffs tonight, Milwaukee leading Miami 56-40 with about eight minutes left in the third quarter. Suns and Lakers coming up later, as are the Nuggets and the Trailblazers. Appreciate you tuning in tonight. Phil Bork's going to hop on a little bit later on. From the Pittsburgh Penguins broadcast booth, the Penguins are out as uh, they were taken down by the New York Islanders who are looking to go deep into the playoffs for the second straight year. I believe our next guest, uh, I, I believe I recently saw a picture of him on a hockey card in a New York Islanders uniform. It is Oil Kings head coach Brad Lauer checking in. Hey, Brad, how are you doing? Hi, here, Reed. I'm doing fine, thanks. I don't know if you saw that. I, I I did retweet it, and the Oil Kings, I think, gave it a like or a retweet. But Ken Reed, who is, uh, of course, an anchor on Sportsnet, and he was on the show with me a couple weeks ago. I think he has fifty to 60,000 hockey cards, and he was okay. opening a pack from the early yeah. 90s, and there was a Brad Lauer New York Islanders card in there. So quite a find for him. All right, there you go. <laughs> did you do you have any of your your old like hockey cards of yourself did you ever keep any of those yeah you, I, I got a few laying around uh uh around or somewhere around here um i moved enough times i think i may have lost a few but uh no i got i got four or five uh cards that are that i that i that i've kept awesome okay did, did you do you ever get because as you know i work with rob brown and yeah. he gets mail literally as the Leafs score to pull within a goal. Like Rob literally gets mail from around the world and people yeah. will send, you know, a couple dollars for a return postage for people to yeah. sign cards. Do you get fans sending you cards to sign? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of stuff comes to the Oil Kings uh, address and, uh, you know, they, they it's in my mailbox and I pick it up probably once a week. And there's always a, a couple letters in there with, with hockey cards in there to sign and send back. Well, that's that's pretty cool. That that's going to be a nice uh, a nice way to look back on the on the playing <laughs> yeah. career for sure. Yeah, it's pretty neat to to see that for sure. It's 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 kind of neat. Uh, have you been watching a lot of the playoffs? I mean, I know up, uh, you've been with the Oil Kings what three years yeah. now, but you were uh, yeah. on the Lightning staff and still know a lot of those guys. Have you been watching Lightning games or any games? I have. I've watched. Uh, I've been flipping around the TV here back and forth. There's been some really good uh, uh, physical hockey. Um, a lot more physical, I think, this year than than, than years past, and uh, maybe last year was just a, an off year because of uh, the the hub. But uh, the, the the emotion that they had, of, I watched the Florida series quite a bit. Just the emotion they had in that series was was just incredible. With well, one with having the attendance back, fans obviously brought the electricity back in the building. But um, you got two teams from the same state playing against each other, and obviously the Stanley Cup champions from last year and. Uh, that, that was a real physical series, and I really enjoyed watching that. And I bounced around from, uh, obviously, got some friends with the Islanders and watched their series a little bit with Pittsburgh. And so uh, kind of caught a little bit of everything. So 
and I, I remember, I think the first time we met, you and I talked about the Lightning, because I think you guys had gone to game six with a chance to go to the Stanley Cup final against Washington. Yeah. I think Holtby shut you guys out in six and seven. And, uh, and I yeah. think and I think you, you, you said we just weren't quite there yet with that physical commit. And I'm not saying you lacked commitment, but just maybe Washington at that point had learned how to take it to an extra level. And then the lightning yeah. subsequently learned how to do that and won the cup a couple of years after that. Yeah. I, I really think today's game, the way it is, you, 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 uh, the way playoffs set up and just watching it from years past and being in the playoffs. Uh, we've had some really, I had some really good runs with Anaheim and uh, we, we got the semifinals once, but we had some heavy teams and, I just think it's it's just uh, you got to stay healthy. You got to have some luck on your side, but uh, you know the teams that end up winning down, the, you know, eventually winning. I think they have to learn to lose first. And what I mean by that, Reed, is just you got to go through those tough times. You know, you got to lose that game seven in the first round or lose out in the second round, and you you learn from those games. And I think you got to learn to lose in order to win to, to understand how to win that cup because it is a tough trophy to win. And uh, Tampa's gone through that. They've had some really good deep runs, and then. Uh, last year was their year. They learned. And again, this year, uh, going against Florida, Florida played them very heavy. But again, uh, just the experience and being in those being in those moments from the years past, I think, got them through this series. Yeah, for sure. Brad Lauer, head coach of Edmonton Oil Kings, joining us tonight on Inside Sports. And hey, you, you know, you guys had a, a great year, a short year, mm -hmm. but, yeah. uh, you know, a great year with just a couple of regulation time losses. And a great team is, is made up of great individuals. You have five mm -hmm. players ranked by Central Scouting and leading the way your goaltender, Sebastian Cosa, who uh, was 17-1-1. Like, these stats yeah. don't even seem real, Brad. 17-1-1 yeah. with a 941 save percentage. Yeah, I mean, Sebastian had uh, had an outstanding year, um, you know, and, and – you know, he got he had, one. He had a great off season, and you know what I noticed from him coming back, obviously from a long layover, was just the mental part of his game. Um, you know, he was really focused and dialed in, and he doesn't, he doesn't he didn't hang on the bad things if there was a bad break here or there, or you know, misplay in our D zone, or maybe a bad goal. You know, he didn't doesn't hang on that stuff, and he's able to shake uh, shake that stuff off and stay focused in the game and. You know, he, he just played extremely well um, for us all season. And I think there's one game he's a little bit off. He gave up five goals. But other than that, he was dialed in one or two goals a night. And uh, or it wasn't a shutout. I mean, he just, he was just that focused. And, you know, it was a big, and, you know, these years can go either way for kids that are being drafted, just the pressure they put on themselves uh, for on their draft year. And I thought he just handled it extremely well. Yeah, awesome year for him. Dylan Gunther, he's been mm -hmm. a, a hot prospect for you guys for the last, well, ever since you guys drafted him. It was projected, yeah. okay, 2021, he's going to be a high pick. He lived up to that. I mean, look, he's ranked fifth amongst North American skaters. He very well might actually get picked higher mm -hmm. than that because he's got a lot of talent. Yeah, I mean, he's a tremendous uh, player. I mean, obviously, being the first overall random draft, um, you know, again, another kid that's very mature for his age and, you know, he can handle the pressures. He handles, handles those moments. And, I, you know, again, I think just from the year he had last year, being rookie of the year in our league, and just, um, you know, I started him on the fourth line as a 16-year-old when he was playing. And after 11 games, he kind of worked his way up. And, you know, uh, he got a taste of the first and second line. He hung on to it all year. and He just played very well as a 16-year-old. And, and, again, coming back this year, he was really dialed in and focused on, on what he wanted to do. And, 
it's not just the individual game. It's just his game, his team game, um, you know, that he can bring uh, that helps his individual game. And uh, he's just got a huge, huge upside. And again, I think, you know, I know he left to play for, play for the U18s, um, you know, uh, in, in Texas there. And I think obviously we didn't, he didn't finish the year with us, but I, you know, he was on quite a run there for us for a while. And I think if he would have finished the year with us, I think it, uh, you know, it would have been something special for him too. Jalen Lipen is uh, ranked 133rd, Carson Latimer 149th, Ethan Peters 198th. So guys that, yeah. you know, probably get picked a little bit later on, but still, I mean, f- five of your guys uh, ranked by, by central scouting. That, that's, mm-hmm. th- that's awesome for you guys. And, and potentially, um, you know, it's going to be a special experience for these kids on the 23rd and 24th of July if they get picked. No, for sure. These are big. These are, uh, are important years for these kids. This is something these kids uh, train for. They dream about, obviously, you know, watching their idols play in, in, in the NHL. And, you know, we're very fortunate that we get to watch some NHL practices, maybe not this year, but in the years before with, with other teams coming in here and practicing, our guys are able to catch a glimpse of some of the visiting teams and, and the Oilers practice here and there. So, um, you know, it's just it's just, uh, it's just an a fun year it's a it's a pressure year for these kids and just to be rated and then then to know that you potentially have an opportunity to be drafted those days are, are exciting times for these kids brad lauer head coach of your edmonton oil kings joining us tonight on inside sports they played a 24 game season they finished first uh by by a wide margin playing against the other alberta teams and we're telling you about some of their players who are ranked by nhl central scouting for the upcoming draft so a lot of talent on that team for sure have, have you sort of uh digested this odd season Do, like does can you evaluate it the same way when you don't have a playoff result to kind of put a period or an exclamation mark on it yeah you know i think it was this is obviously you're right it's different and i think the evaluation is going to be different this year i think our approach this year is we brought in um Obviously, we had the veteran guys returning, the big core guys. Obviously, our European players uh, didn't didn't play for us. They were playing the KHL this past season. So, we'll, you know, a lot of this year was these games and, and the guys that we brought in, the 10 guys that we had, uh, a lot of this was for next season. Um, just evaluating them through their games and watching them play and then getting them to understand our systems and how we want to play. So when we do come back to camp or training camp here next next fall here, um, you know, everyone's going to be on the same page, and hopefully, it's not a big learning curve for a lot of these guys. And uh, you know, I think this year was was a little bit of everything. It just you evaluate uh, the core guys that are coming back, and then obviously you have your first year guys and see how they how they handled the 24 game schedule because it was basically a sprint. We we came in, we we isolated for the for the 10 days, and then we had a five day training camp. Then we came in and we just started playing hockey and, you know, there wasn't exhibition games. So a lot of these first year guys had to learn on the fly and I think they handled it very well. And, you know, it was exciting to see. And uh, I, I, I'm really excited for next season. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I mean, it's too bad you guys didn't have playoffs two years in a row, but I think you're still yeah. very well equipped to be strong again next year. Okay, mm-hmm. Brad, before I let you go, you know, I like to get a story or two. So we had Cam yeah. Moon on. Yeah. So, okay, here's the thing. So, Corey Perry for the Habs apparently put his stick in the garbage can before the game as a reminder his teammates that they got to score garbage goals. Right. So, I asked I asked <laughs> Mooner about a story from Red Deer, and he said, you know, to motivate players or, or get out of a slump. And he said, one game, Brent Sutter, instead of benching guys, he just pulled them from the game and told them to go get changed. And then he made them all <laughs> use wooden sticks next game. So, I mean, you've, you've played, coached in the NHL, now you're doing junior. <laughs> Do you have a yeah. story that you or somebody else 
a coach or a teammate or whoever to get did something oh, to get man. out of a slump. <laughs> <laughs> out of a slump. You know, the one thing that I that I've done before is uh, a lot of guys like to use the word confidence. And I don't, you know, they're like, oh, I don't have any confidence right now. I don't know how to. And I, I just think sometimes that's just an easy thing to fall back on. So what we did, we took some water bottles, we taped some, took the labels off, and then we put the label confidence on it. So when they use that word, we just pull the water bottle out, we just give it to them. We say, here you go. You should be good to go now. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's just one of those words. I don't I don't like hearing it because I think it's a really easy word to say, and, and I think it's a really easy word for, for players to fall on. And, uh, you know, for, for me, confidence is about work and your effort and all that. And so we try to... Uh, Use a tactic like that just to get some humor out of the out of the player and get them a little more loosened up and and maybe more focused. Well, I like that. And one of my <laughs> favorite sayings, I think Drew Remenda said it on this show once, but I, I mean, I'm sure it's been repeated a lot. He said, "You don't lose your confidence; you choose to give it away." And I always <laughs> put that in my head. If I have a day I'm not not feeling great, it's like I'm choosing to not feel confident. Right, I, can, I right. know I can feel confident. <laughs> hey, hey, Brad. You know, as a, I know, we'll talk uh, over the summer, and uh, yeah. you're always great to have on the show. Your players were incredible interviews, uh, you know, during the yeah. pause and during the season. So we appreciate that. Enjoy the rest Absolutely. of the postseason, man. Okay. Take care. Thanks. As Brad Lauer checking in tonight, head coach of your Edmonton Oil Kings. So Sebastian Kosa, the highest ranked North American goaltender by Central Scouting. Dylan Gunther, fifth amongst North American skaters. And then you got Jalen Lipin, 133rd. This is actually his second year of draft eligibility. Carson Latimer, first season in the dub. He's ranked 149th. And uh, Ethan Peters, Oil Kings defenseman, he's at 198th. So you could see five Oil Kings picked in the upcoming draft, which is at a much different time than usual. It'll once again be held virtually with the opening round on July 23rd and then rounds two through seven on July 24th. I'm sure you're all marking your calendars about that. Canadians up 3-2 with eight minutes left against the Leafs. This is Inside Sports on Chet. Well, about two seconds after he went to commercial, Jake Muzzin scored for Toronto. So it's now 3-3 with less than six minutes left in the third period. Muzzin took it in over the blue line down the left side, dropped it to Alex Galchenyuk and drove to the net. Galchenyuk feathered it through. Muzzin just got a tap on it. It wasn't going that fast, but it eluded Carey Price, went right between his legs, and that tied it up. So now Toronto is rolling from down 3-1 at the start of the third into a 3-3 tie with the Canadians as they're trying to win that series and move on to play the Jets in round two. Good to have Brad Lauer on the show talking about the Edmonton Oil Kings. What a season for them. Too bad they didn't get a playoff for the second year in a row, but they should be strong again next year. Hey, we want to send you to golf along with a friend to the championship caliber ranch golf and country club this summer. You can uh, go to the contest page on 630ched.com to check out the details, and you can win a pair of golf passes to the Ranch Golf and Country Club. I believe I'm booked to play there next week. I'm sure I will set a course record for futility and ineptitude. Those are my strengths when golfing. That, maybe that's how I should look at it, to be a little more positive. 
People say, well, how's your golf game? Well, I don't hit very far and I don't hit straight. I should say I'm good at futility and ineptitude. Turn it into a positive, right? Okay, Phil Bork is coming up to talk about the Pittsburgh Penguins elimination from the postseason. And I believe, I believe this afternoon, Kellen Kennedy went to the 630 Shed Animal Sanctuary and we are going to do Name the Animal. I did. For 8 o'clock as well. Well, this is... Super exciting. We're back after the 7.30 news and weather. Overtime looming in Toronto. 45 seconds left in the third. It's 3-3 Montreal and Toronto. In the second period, the Canadians led that game 3-0. After two, they led it 3-1. Leafs rallied a tie. So next goal, if it's for the Canadians, it's game six Saturday in Montreal with some fans in the seats. And if it's Toronto's goal, they win the series. And they'll host the Jets in game one at a date to be determined. The other game tonight has the Hurricanes and the Predators. They are about to begin in Nashville. The Hurricanes lead the series three games to two. The Blue Jays and the Yankees split a doubleheader. The Yankees won, or the Blue Jays won the first one this afternoon, 2 nothing. Alec Manoa, six innings pitched in his debut. Seven strikeouts, only allowed two hits, and the Yankees win tonight, 5-3. On the NBA scoreboard, after three quarters, Bucks lead the Heat, 86-60, as they're trying to go up three games to nothing in that series. Okay, well, one of the series that ended in the NHL last night, the New York Islanders finished off the Pittsburgh Penguins in Game 6. To discuss, we welcome back to the show a guy who is uh, always very generous with his time and with his thoughts on the Penguins. It is Phil Bork checking in. Hey, Phil, how are you doing, man? I've been better, Reed. Well, I don't mean to drag you through it by rehashing the series. <laughs> But uh, you always give us good insight on the Penguins, uh, win or lose, and that's a that's a tough one. Uh, they go out early against, look, an Islanders team that I thought was very good and doesn't allow a ton of goals, or at least they didn't in the regular season. Uh, now that you're kind of digesting it over the last 24 hours, what, what was the difference in the series? Well, obviously goaltending was, was the major difference. Uh, Tristan Jari really struggled. And uh, Ilya Sorokin was uh, just rock solid. Uh, you know, when he had to make the big saves, he got the big saves. When he needed a, uh, a lucky bounce or a puck to hit him that he didn't see, uh, they were hitting him. Um, you know, Penguins had a few guys that, for choice of better words, passengers that just didn't have their A game. And, you know, you give the Islanders credit. They're a well-structured, well-balanced uh, group that, barely buys into playing defensive hockey. Uh, I really thought they were a lot more physical than the Penguins. The Penguins really count on team toughness and being scrappy and uh, resilient and having each other's back. But uh, the heavier bodies of the uh, New York Islanders definitely were a factor in the series. But really the number one thing that's tough to get away from, I want to get away from it because I I really like the guy. He's such an awesome person. And Tristan Jari, but he's getting beat up a lot, not only here in Pittsburgh, but throughout social media. I feel for him, man, because he uh, he had a really good regular season. He had some ups, he had some downs, he battled through it, but in the, in the postseason, 
uh, he just lost his mojo. Yeah, and I was watching part of that game last night, and I saw the highlights. I know there was especially that one goal that that went underneath them. But I mean, it's I mean, you've lived it, Phil. I mean, it's it, it's not easy being a goaltender because your mistakes wind up in the net. No one else can can bail you out. And I think Jari. I mean, we we know him well here. He helped the Edmonton Oil Kings win a Memorial Cup. Right. Pretty darn good junior goaltender. And I think I still think he's been a pretty darn good NHL goaltender. Like I don't get the writing him off the. Penguins need to go get another goalie type dialogue, or am I missing something here? No, I don't think you're missing anything, uh, and, and I and I get that. That's I mean, I mean, there's there's pain here, and and the thing is, Reed, it's not this just this year. You know, what I mean, last year against the Canadians, the year before, swept by the Islanders, the year before, uh, you lose to the Washington Capitals in overtime, Game Six, in your house on your ice, so. It's been a few years of heartbreak, and, you know, for Tristan Jarry, you're right. As a goaltender, you know what you signed up for. You know, you've gone through this before It's in some degree, maybe not on this stage and to this degree. But, yeah, I'm, and that's why, I, you know, when you ask me how I'm doing, I said I've had better days because I've kind of been battling with myself back and forth trying to figure out how the Holy Moses is did this happen to the Penguins who are up two to one in this series read uh, and to lose three straight, which by the way, they had not lost three straight all year. Only the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Minnesota wild were the only two teams in the league that did not lose three games this year, three in a row. I should say this year, uh, Minnesota had it happen to them in Vegas and the Pittsburgh uh, Penguins happened to have it to them in the last three games. But you know, for Tristan, Man, I, I I don't know what they're going to do. You've got a new general manager and a new um, you know president of hockey operations and Brian Burke and Ron Hextall. That you know may, maybe they feel like man, there's just been too much damage here in the playoffs. That you know I don't know if the players are going to believe in you again. I don't know if the fans are going to believe in you again. This is a tough one because you're right. This is a really good young goaltender and a really good person. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I hope that uh, I, I, I guess you're right. I mean, guys get get beat up. It's sometimes not not always fair or it gets to be excessive. And I, I think he's still got a long career ahead of him. I, I will ask you the big picture question about the Penguins. Um, I mean, you mentioned three years in a row out in the first round. And I think to me, Phil, last year was the most surprising, but you can you can argue that if, if, if you feel like it, but like where are they at with some of the guys a little bit older? Like obviously Crosby and Malkin can still play hockey, but where are they, are they sort of at? Is it, uh, I hate to use the word downturn, but is that sort of where you see they're at in, in their cycle or is it just a couple of bad series the last two years and, and they don't get to continue? No, you're right. And that's, this has just been like uh, somebody took gasoline and sprayed it on a fire. Uh, and it's just running rampant right now. That what do you do? Uh, you know, all the talk from you know upper management to Mario Lemieux on and on. They they want to keep the core guys, and the core guys obviously are Crosby, Malkin, and Latang. But also, you have to you have to be loyal, but not loyal to a fault. Reed, where you take yourself back as a as an organization. So, I think they're going to take their time tomorrow. They'll have their their meetings with the players and also with the media. So we'll know a whole lot more about where everything fits with uh, the core guys. You know, as far as 
you know, Crosby's not going anywhere. So let's just take that out of the equation of the conversation. You know, Malkin has a full no movement clause. So unless, you know, Gino's okay with moving, and I, I, we've, we've band-aided this about back and forth in the past, that if Gino did want to go anywhere, it would probably only be L.A., Dallas, New York, or Florida. That's the only places he would go if it was for a change of scenery. Uh, as far as Chris Letang, I think he has a, just off the top of my head, I think a 12 teams that he will or won't go to. He has a, a, a modified no-movement clause. And, you know, if, if, you, if you move Chris Letang, who do you bring in and be a number one? You know, you're not going to get equal value if you trade him. Uh, and he has one year left on this contract. So, you know, the rubber's going to hit the road here soon. They've got some really hard decisions to make on some guys. Um, but they don't have a, a lot of draft picks. They traded most of those away, you know, to, to go for it. And that's the other thing, Reed. For the last two or three years, I, from what I understand from reliable sources, management has said has wanted to make major moves. And from up top, it was like, no, let's give these guys one more year. Then it was, let's give them one more year. Then it was, give them, let's give them one more year. So here we are, you know, three straight years of, hey, let's give them one more, more, one more year and see what they can do because we don't want to become the L.A. Kings. We don't want to become the Chicago Blackhawks, you know, that, that win a cup and you're loyal to guys. You give them these long-term contracts. You re-off them again, and their play doesn't justify what you're paying them, and you're behind the eight ball for three, five, seven years before you're a contender again. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the uh, and obviously the Penguins changed uh, general managers throughout the season, which was a, a big storyline as well. Phil Bork joining us tonight from the Penguins Radio Network as the uh, Pens go out in the first round of the Islanders. A couple more for you, Phil. I don't know if this one is on the on the lighter side or not. Depends on your reaction to it. You know, I work with Rob Brown a lot. I do. He's he struggled with Ron Hextall joining the Penguins organization, <laughs> given the Flyers Penguins rivalry that he was a part okay. of and getting chased by Hextall. Okay. Did you have to wrap your head around Ron Hextall as a Penguin at all, even though it's a GM? Of course. I mean, uh, and, and I played against Hexy when he was with the Hershey Bears and I was with the Baltimore Skipjacks. So, you know, our we never had a rivalry uh, in a sense uh, like Brownie and him had, but. Um, yeah, it, it took a while, but, you know, we accepted Rick Tockett here uh, back in 1992 to come from the Flyers to the Penguins, and we won a cup. So, it, it, yeah, if Ron Hextall had not gone to L.A. and won a cup there and then kind of made his way back, you know, to, uh, to Pittsburgh. And the other part is his dad, Brian, he played for the Penguins. Ron grew up in Pittsburgh. He spent... You know, it was, I think about five years, uh, yeah, four or five years, when his dad was playing for the Penguins, living in Pittsburgh, just outside the city. So, you know, it, there's more of a connection there than than you know about. Uh, and it sure seemed like he had cut the cord uh, with Philadelphia Flyers when he came here. So, you know, the bad part is I, I, I've not even bumped into him once or, or seen him once because, you know, of COVID since he's become the general manager of the Pittsburgh Penguins. So I think that initially for the first maybe week and all the, the media that he did, the questions were brought up about him and Brownie and, and the rivalry with the Penguins, all that, and him being the flyer goaltender, that was all brought up and kind of giggled a little bit about it. But since then, I haven't heard one person 
bring anything up about him being a former flyer uh, because I think he's really turned the page and he wants to win a cup here. All right. Now here's a fun one to finish off with for sure. We got the Canadians and the Leafs going to overtime. Edmonton and Winnipeg played three straight overtime games, including one that went to triple overtime. Most memorable overtime game you were ever a part of. Well, just you know, right off the top of my head, it would be um, actually, here we go, all the way back to the Flyers and Ron Hextall and Brownie. Uh, it was 1989. We're playing uh, game three in the Spectrum. And Rob Brown, you ready for this? Are you sitting down, Reed? I am. <laughs> okay. Rob Brown flew down the left wing, blew past Mark Howe. Yes, blew past Mark Howe entered the zone, and sent a bullet cross-crease pass to Phil Bork driving the net. I pumped it five-hole on Ronnie Hextall and uh, was jumping up and down uh, like I just won a $100 million lottery. So that, that's probably the most memorable one because it was the only one I ever scored. Uh, 12.08 of overtime. I just quickly brought it up. There it was. Uh, and Tom Barrasso for you guys, 44 saves in that game. That was a big performance by Barrasso as well. Quite a memory, Phil. Thanks for that. Yeah, you're welcome. Hey, thanks for doing this. We always love having you on the show, and uh, you're always really generous with your time. So we do appreciate it. We'll talk again, Phil. Take care, man. All right. Talk to you down the road, Reed. And uh, all the best to Brownie. And uh, thanks for having me on your show. This was good hockey talk there we go phil bork color analyst for the pittsburgh penguins on the penguins radio network and uh yeah disappointing end of the season for them they'll have some question marks here moving along if uh maybe they do send out a couple of big players who have been a part of that team for the long time uh penguins and flyers that 1989 series that he's uh, referencing philadelphia wound up winning it four games to three they actually uh, philly won game seven in pittsburgh 4-1 the uh, final in that one, and then the Flyers were eliminated in the Wales Conference Final in six games by the Montreal Canadiens. That is going back. Okay, Inside Sports on Chet. Phil joined us on the hotline, powered by CertainTeed, professional-grade building materials. Oh, my goodness. When we get back, it's the highlight of my life. Name the animal. this the Montreal Canadiens win the game 59 seconds into overtime on a 2-1-0 on a 2-1-0 the Leafs turn it over at their blue line Caulfield to Suzuki who rips it in and it's over Montreal forces game six yeah trying to go D to D Caulfield picks it off storms down the middle gives it to Suzuki back to Caulfield back to Suzuki who one times it Inside the post, blocker side on Campbell, and Montreal survives. They were up 3-0. Toronto came back to tie it, had all the momentum. And then Toronto, a mistake in overtime. The Canadians pounce on it, and they are going to game six. Quite a finish there. Predators with the, oh, you know, the Hurricanes just uh, tied it. 1-1 Hurricanes and Predators before the five-minute mark of the first period in that game. All right, here it is. The only thing that keeps inside sports on the air a little thing we have uh, called Name the Animal. Kellen Kennedy is going to play 
the sound of an animal that lives in the 630 Chet Animal Sanctuary. I have no idea what it is, and I will try to guess what it is. On one occasion, about mm. a, a dozen times we've done this, have I got it right without needing any clues. A couple times I got it quickly, and, but the one I got right, right off the hop, was a walrus. And don't ask me how I knew a walrus sound uh, of all the sounds. <laughs> Kellen, go, go ahead. Do, okay. do the animal. Here we go. This might also double as a live look into the Maple Leafs dressing room right now, but let's take a look. Oh, there's a hint. <laughs> oh, my God. Again. <laughs> uh, is it some sort of primate it is not no oh my god that's <laughs> i don't know if i could finish the show <laughs> okay so it's not some sort of a primate it's no, a it mammal is it is yes Okay. Oh my God. Uh, oh, I don't. I. I can't. Even, is. Is it a. Uh, is it a cheetah? It is not a cheetah. I'll play it for you one more time. Yeah, do it. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, so I'll give you a hint here. Yeah. Um, you posted about one on your Instagram today. Oh, it's a goat. It's some sort of a goat. You got it, yeah. There we go. I post. That's amazing. Yes, I posted. That's <laughs> <laughs> so good. So I, I was playing my uh, my PlayStation golf game today, and yeah. I, I, des- I designed my own course, and I put a meadow of uh, sheep and goats in the middle of one fairway that you got to drive over top of it. Nice. And I hit a bad shot, and the ball stopped right under a goat, and when it sets up the shot for you, the goat doesn't get out of the way. You just swing, and the goat falls over <laughs> when, when you hit your ball, and then the ball... <laughs> that's a... That's... That's... What what is the goat doing in the video that just, you have? You know what? Honestly, it's just standing there and being it's a goat. Not, is it in distress? Is it happy? Do we know for sure? <laughs> no, it's just standing there and just <laughs> screaming. <laughs> oh my god! We gotta we gotta put that in the intro to the show. <laughs> That's incredible. Oh, that was name the animal. It is a goat. Like I said, it could be a live look into the uh, Leafs dressing room right now. Uh, that could be. That could be Sheldon Keefe after they gave up a 2-0 to lose the game. Canadians stay alive with a 4-3 overtime win. Hurricanes and Predators tied at one early. The uh, Oilers farm team, Bakersfield Condors, going to drop the puck right away. Game two of their best of three against the Henderson Silver Knights in the Pacific Division final series, and they can win that this evening. Thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of the show. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer. And thanks to that goat. We love you. <laughs> 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.